0: Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, my name is Ray and great to have you along, if this is the first of our podcasts you've ever listened to, please go back and listen to the back catalogue and let us know what you like and don't like by filling out the comments box, it's that easy. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, it'd be really good if you left us a review, it helps other like-minded individuals find the podcast and um, it helps us know what you like and what you don't as well. This episode, well, you might have heard previously, um, I, I'm, I'm off the bike uh, indefinitely uh, until Till I work out what's going on with my knees um, so I'm catching up with people who who are enjoying their summer of riding and one person he's probably he's he's, he's, he's the ECU of Kiwi Rider he's the the integral central man in the middle pulling all the the, the chains and 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 connecting all the connections and making things happen um, editor of Kiwi Rider magazine Ben Wilkins hello. G'day Ray. It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. You are a busy man and a hard man to to nail down because you are so busy. Well,
1: yeah, we had this conversation a couple of days ago that uh, you were like, oh, it's been six months or a year. And I'm like, no, it's only been a month or so. But no, it's been absolutely ages, hasn't it?
0: It has been a day or two. And and, uh, I'll tell you what, though, not that long ago, you and I got a ride in together uh, for the first time. And what we worked out appeared to be even longer um over a year uh we caught up at the um the gs gs rally uh 2023 in Rotorua, which was uh the first time in over a year that we'd actually been for a ride together
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it uh this whole distributed working thing we're all in different places um obviously uh our exalted leader is at Kiwi Rider Towers, but the rest of us are all over the place.
0: How many people do you think there are behind the scenes at Kiwi Rider at the moment? There seem to be every week a new content contributor in the magazine. There's a lot of people contributing to that mag.
1: Uh, we, we've had so many people over the years um, who become friends of us and the magazine, and they enjoy riding and enjoy uh telling a telling a story having a yarn
0: and and they just pop in and pop out from time to time pop
1: yeah pop in and out as they um Uh, find something that's of interest
0: well let's get into what you've been up to because you've been up to a lot and we have a lot to catch up on but um you you hmm, late last year invited me on a ride which i wasn't able to go on but you and uh doug who we've heard on the podcast from time to time uh, we're planning this massive south island adventure ride tell me more about that
1: okay yeah um well uh, once a year, we try and get together and do a big South Island trip, um, because living in the North Island, it's it's only a couple of hours on the ferry, but it seems to be a. If you're going to go and do it, you may as well do it properly. So, we do a, a ten fifteen day trip at the end of uh, January each year, and we've just done that trip um, for for 2024. So we, we, we rang in the new year quite well at the end of January um, with a, I think we did three and a half or 4,000 Ks.
0: Just to clarify, um, this is, this is a self-funded trip. This is not necessarily a content or a work trip, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. This is just um, like everyone else. It's just for fun. Uh, we ride our own bikes. We um, uh, Doug's riding a KTM 690. I'm riding... The Gas Gas that's been in the magazine over the last year, which I've enjoyed that much, I've actually bought it. So, um, yeah, uh, both on our own bikes and literally not making any content at all, just making memories, really.
0: Yeah, we're we're lucky to even see an Instagram post from you.
1: (laughs) I think you got two.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you're um, you're based uh, somewhere south of Nelson at the moment, right?
1: Yeah, I'm... um, down towards the west coast these days, um, uh, about three hours from Nelson, about three hours from Christchurch. So I've got two airports within uh, a few hours' drive.
0: And Doug's uh, based out of Rotorua, so I assume Doug hit the hit the the state highway down to Wellington and across on the ferry, and then you met him somewhere.
1: Yeah, so he um, uh, took a spin down to Wellington, got uh, the early ferry. And we met up in Hanmer um, on one of the hottest days of the year so far, well over thirty degrees up in the uh, uh, Molesworth Highlands. Um, I know it's not like the uh, like Central Otago Highlands, but man, does it get it gets hot up there as well. And uh, I, I came across from the coast down through the Lewis Pass, uh, met up. Um, the plan was to meet in Hanmer itself, but I couldn't resist riding up um, Jolly's pass to meet him on the way down. And uh, obviously we we almost hit each other um, coming in opposite directions, but um, no, it it was great. We've we've not seen each other for ages and uh, we were hoping you were going to make it on the Tenere, but um, obviously with your um, knee issues and, uh family time um it didn't happen this time
0: no maybe maybe you know maybe next time maybe another time but um i i do get jealous anytime somebody talks about the molesworth it was like the first place i went on the tenere 700 molesworth and rainbow so i feel like it's my it's my sounds weird my special place with that bike uh so whenever i see photos i'm like i know where that is oh i'm so jealous i want to be there uh, and yeah. this is since I bought that bike. This is the first season I haven't been able to get down there. Um, but you met up and you met up in Hanmer. Talk me through it. Where'd you go from there? How many days did you spend on the road, and what was the plan? Oh, from Hanmer, uh,
1: we took some gravel south. We, we try and keep off the tar seal as much as we can, and uh, stayed with uh, some uh, some friends in Rangiora, um, who uh, kindly opened their home to us and. Um, fed us and gave us some beverages and then we uh, slunk off the next day and uh, that was day two and we got all the way down to fairly i think it was yeah because um, we had plans we we're on the uh, more dirt bike side of things lightweight adventure bikes so we wanted to try and do some rides that we wouldn't do on our on our other bikes like my, my other bike is an old r80gs and doug has a 2016 honda africa twin so things like the nevis and the molesworth that they are great rides but we wanted to try and do something a little bit more uh off the beaten path and things that you can attack more easily on a smaller lighter
0: bike yeah because you're one of these people though that, that rides down a gravel road and goes oh what's up there and even though you're on the bike that's not, uh, not not ideal for going up that random little path you'll give it a crack i'm not necessarily like that i'm the opposite i'm like oh yes molesworth beautiful gravel road let's go um but that this is kind of why you ended up with the gas gas right the the r80 will do a lot of things but Sometimes you just need a bit more enduro in your life.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, like you say, the old the GS, it's a very capable bike in the right hands. I am not the right hands, but if you put it under someone like um, our friend Chris Birch, it'd go anywhere on it that I could go on a 300 EXC, for example. But it's still... Even in my hands, it it goes to places you think, oh, this 30-year-old bike is still doing it. Just put some good tyres on it. And it literally will go most places. What it doesn't like are ruts um, because of the cylinder head sticking out the side. Um, but that's not just the, the, uh, the old bike. Even the new ones are like that. Once you get into the really gnarly stuff, well, no, maybe not even really gnarly places where if you make a mistake, you can put your foot down and you can hold the whole weight of the bike. Whereas with the, I find with my GS and some of the newer ones, they're very big. So yeah.
0: Very, very wide low down, aren't they? With those, with those cylinder heads poking out sideways.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, that's where the rut comes, ruts come in. They, they just kind of get in the way really. Um,
0: so how, so how
1: far south did you get from Feely? So I'm, I'm just having a quick look at um, where we went. And it was down through to Rangiora, actually, um, and then on to Naseby up through the um, Danseys Pass.
0: Oh, beautiful is. spot there. Did you just stop at the Danseys Pass Hotel for a beer? Uh,
1: of course. Because um, <laughs> um, I, I think you went there for your first time not long ago, wasn't it?
0: Uh, about this time last year I went through there, but I was on a massive mission and never actually got to stop. Ah,
1: uh, yeah. So, yeah, we um, we actually dropped our luggage off. Um, we, we stayed at the um, Naseby Motor Camp, the campsite, and dropped our luggage off, and we did a, a um, Adventure Riding New Zealand, or New Zealand Adventure Riders, excuse me, uh, if I've got... I don't remember which one it is, but Josh Martin... Um, has a whole load of routes so we kind of used a little bit of his routing um, and made it fit our schedule um, and he's based out here on the west coast as well, uh, does some wonderful work on his um, website uh, I'll, I'll just look that up while we're yeah, so that's while it, we're adv-
0: adventureguide.co.nz and they've got a whole stack of um, routes it. and uh, they do the moto tokens so you can go and um, you can how would you say that you can you can levelise collect them yeah you can (laughs) gamify your riding
1: yeah Um, and it gets you out into some places you'd probably never find or never go to so um, deciding we'd taken these small bikes we when we got to Naseby we did the Mount Buster Walking Spur and Mount Kyburn circuit which I could have done it on the GS but it wouldn't have been fun, let's put it that way. Whereas on the gas, gas, it, it, I could play. It's, it's, it's kind of like instead of surviving and getting through it, you're actually going through and going, oh yeah, this is great. So that was one of his grade four or grade five tracks, I think, and that was a fantastic ride. Um, and, and I think that was only day two, so that, which was fantastic.
0: Yeah, Mount but, Buster, that's a that's a big range right between um between the uh, Waitaki River and of course the Idaburn area. That's that's huge. Mm.
1: There's so much riding to be done in there and I think we're going to do that next year. We're going to go back and stay in uh, Naseby for three or four days and just explore the hell out of the area rather than just do one ride and then move on.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, that 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 would be an awesome thing to do.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so, so over the course of the um, eleven or twelve days, we we did the old Dunstan, Serpentine, Lake Onslow, um, Old Woman Range, and down into Carrick Town, um, Mace Town, up through all the rivers, um, which is just out of um, Queenstown, and then. We stayed at the old woman hut, which was a fantastic spot. We didn't get the hut to ourselves, sadly, but it was, we had some great people to chat to. Um, and then on up through the Amarama Saddle, uh, and I'm sure I'll say this wrong, the West Manaharikia track, which is on the way to Amarama. Um, and then we went up into the Hopkins Valley. We, we went a fair way up and we stopped at the first hut and we had quite a lot of. Uh, rain or we could see it, it was when there was the uh rain warnings on the west coast um back in uh, like the 19th or 20th of january and we wondered how much of that rain was going to make it across the dividing range and we erred on the side of caution stayed at uh, i think monument hut and um i'm glad we did the next morning the river was raging so from that point, Monument Hut onwards, up into the Hopkins, uh, you're just following the riverbed all the way up through. So we'd have been uh, stuck up there for a few days based on the amount of rain that came through in the end. So um, erring on the side of caution definitely did us some uh, some favours. And yeah, from there, we uh, backtracked to Fairleigh um, and decided to head up onto the West Coast, where the rain had stopped and played around in Big River, Slab Creek Track, um, Saw Pit Road, which are all grade fives. And they really did test us on our bigger small adventure bikes, if you know what I mean. Mm. It's the kind of bikes you really want to ride through on um, an enduro bike to make it easy, like a KTM 500 EXC or a 350 or a 450. Um, our bikes were, even though they're in their name, enduro, that they're, they're really just trail bikes and, um, yeah, Slap Creek Track and Sawpit Road were enough that I think we did, it took us five hours to do 67 kilometers.
0: Wow. That's,
1: yeah, that's tight. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Why why, why was that? Was it really tight and twisty or were you getting stuck or what's the story?
1: Oh, just, um, when you go into the, into some of the water on the, on the twin track, because it's a, a playground for four wheel drives, it looks quite shallow, but it's actually silt. And then you sink into it and you're, you're then full on the gas burning your tire to try and get out of it. Um, and then some of it, you have to walk to see what's happening up ahead and come back again and, it's it, it's more of a, a hardcore trail ride than a – it's certainly not like a gravel ride. It's it, it's, it, it's proper off-roading, I'd, I, I'd, I'd call
0: it. So how much of this was planned and how much of, of it was wake up in the morning and put a finger on a map and say, let's go there?
1: Pretty much our whole trip was we had key points we wanted to do. Like Mount Buster on day three was something we really wanted to do, so that's what we made happen. Um, and it's always nice doing the old Dunstan into the Serpentine um, and down from the Nevis into um, Carrick Town. Um, Mace Town something Doug wanted to do. I've, I've never done that before. And that was a, a, a real treat. There's a huge amount of river crossings, many of them up above um, the foot pegs. Um, and it was a relatively dry period. So I think that the highest we had was um, maybe maybe 30 centimetres above the foot pegs. Wow. So it, was, it was still pretty deep in places.
0: That wouldn't uh, have left much have, like, room for the snorkel.
1: Well, it was fine on the, on, the, on the gas gas and KTM, but my GS would have definitely been sucking water in, I think. That's
0: incredible. And then, and what, what do you do for? Obviously, you're carrying a bit of food and you, your clothing, bedding, whatever. I assume you're traveling pretty light. Um, what do you do for fuel? Do you carry much fuel with you, or do you just plan where you're going to stop? Or
1: um, we 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 generally heed the um, old New Zealand um, adventure riding um, idea of fill up whenever and wherever you can, even mm-hmm. if you've got over half a tank. Just if there's a fuel station, fill up because you never know. Um, I think only once did we, cause we've both got a fuel range of about 250 Ks, uh, under normal conditions, 300, if you're taking it very easy. Uh, and we only put fuel in, um, it, we carried those roll up, um, uh, fuel bags. Uh, I, I can't remember the, um, the make uh, off the top of my head but we carried those each um like a seven liter bag each and we only put put fuel in them once because we thought it was going to get close so you don't need a lot of fuel for most riding in new zealand uh, maybe a couple of extra liters just in case
0: Fair enough. Sounds like you've definitely made some memories this summer. I, I'm I'm now I'm jealous and wish I kind of had come. But then, of course, if I did, I would have been um, in a lot of pain. Um, but, yeah, I also don't know if the Tenere would have kept up, to be honest. It's a capable bike, but the ride is not so capable. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Tenere following two Enduros through some, some Otago high country. It sounds a bit dicey.
1: That would have been absolutely fine. Was, <laughs> the, 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 the Tenere is a very capable bike, as, as you know. Um, <clears throat> but I think up on the West Coast, in places like Slab Creek, um, it get, they were a bit... That was gnarly. I wouldn't have wanted to be on a bigger bike than I was. In fact, I, as we were riding, I wanted to be on a smaller bike in, in those bits. But... The rest of it, Big River, um, Deniston Plateau, um, the Perica or Porica track up from Lake um, Rotoroa um, towards St. Arnold. Oh, the, 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 your your tenere would, would smash all of that, no problem at all. Okay. Even with your knees.
0: Even with my knees. (laughs) Well, I was told you don't need to bend your knees when you're on an adventure bike. I was like, yeah, you still kind of need to bend at least one to get on. But, um... Mm. Um, okay, so readers of the magazine will know all about it, um, and I would hope that most of our listeners uh, read the magazine. If you don't, go to kiwirider.co.nz and check it out. Um, talk to me about that Gas Gas. So that was a, a long-term loan from Gas Gas New Zealand, which you, you did a bit of personalization on and then kind of got hooked on.
1: Yeah, um, so we picked it up for a long-term test, in at the end of january last year and it fell into my lap which i was very grateful for um and it, we were k- kind of keen to see how close to the tree um gas gases apple had fallen from ktm um because it's essentially a, a, a rebadged rebranded um KTM 690 Enduro with a a few small changes on the cosmetic bodywork. Slightly more simplistic bodywork. that hasn't got as many uh, pieces and parts, so it looks a bit more basic and is a bit more simple to take on and off. Um, So it's essentially a a red KTM. Um, But, um, yeah, so we, we had that for um oh until almost Christmas time. And then they said, Right, we need to get rid of this. Um can we have it back? And I was like, Oh, I'm quite I'm really quite enjoying it. Um so I bought it, yeah.
0: That's that's um, a, that's I've gotta say, a big vote of confidence when the editor of a national motorcycling magazine can't part with a lone bike and buys it it just
1: does everything that i i need from a more hardcore adventure bike i mean like many people i have um two bikes for a- adventure riding one um is my old 30 year old bmw which myself and my partner will go away on at the weekends uh if we're just doing a gravel kind of trip um, I, I ride that, but I've always been keen to get into the more um, trail ride side of it without actually going on trail rides. So this kind of like gave that opportunity, um, which was what the KTM 690 has been doing for ooh, 15, 16, 17 years, however, however long it is now.
0: Mm. So if you want the backstory and you haven't, as I said, read those uh, stories in the magazine, it's absolutely free, and it's probably a good time to talk about the magazine, Ben. Um, Rider magazine, kiwirider.co.nz. It's been going over 30 years, and you are the man who pulls all the strings and gets all the stories together and then does my spell checking and makes me sound good and pumps out two magazines absolutely free every month. And I don't know how you do it because there's a lot of work that goes in there.
1: There are some very motivated and um, hard-working people behind the scenes, um, such as yourself. Um, uh, Also uh, known to uh, listeners will be uh, Matthew Day Gillett as well. Um, He's a a regular contributor to the magazine. Um, We've got Jeff, our photographer. Um, We've got Jock, our main test rider. We've got Pete McPhee, aka Veggie, um, who is the publisher and owner of the magazine. Um, so, and then we've got a whole heap of people on a bit of a um, randomly contributing basis who who do things as well. So, we're very lucky that we've got a lot of part-time people who. Um, go out of their way to make the magazine what it is
0: so do check it out kiwirider.co.nz let's uh, cast our our minds back a little bit to take a little bit of a break from the adventure side of things not necessarily adventure but adventure strictly speaking as we know it Um, because I want to talk about some of the other bikes and adventures you've been on since you've been in the South Island one uh, must have been pretty much slap bang the middle of winter last year. You showed up at my work uh, on a brand new Hayabusa.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, the Hayabusa. What a what a machine. What a bike. I mean, it's, it's called it's, a hypersport.
0: It's more than a bike, though. At this point, it's a myth, isn't it? It's a it's a it's a legend. It's a religion. It's, it's a, a religion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Suzuki asked us if we would like to do a feature on the Hayabusa. And upon probing them closely to find out what the difference was between this bike and the last one.
0: Because, of course, this is the Generation 3 Hayabusa now, isn't it? Mmm. Um,
1: they – it turns out it was just some panel colour differences. So I was like, guys, it would be a bit disingenuous to – write a whole new test based on this new bike. How about we keep it for a month and we get under the skin. We we actually find out what this new bike, because it, essentially it's still a new bike, um, is actually all about. Is it a sports bike? Is it a tourer? Is it a sports tourer? Just what the hell is it? So yeah, I, I think I did 2,500 kilometers around I basically did a lap of the South Island in in the middle of winter
0: on and, the Hayabusa. And you got rained on, <laughs> as you would expect.
1: <laughs> there, there was a lot of rain. Um, but not um, looking at gift horse in the mouth, it was a case of, well, this gives me an opportunity to see what the tyres are like in the wet, to see what the uh, traction control is like, what the different modes are like, how they work when there's a lot less grip and yeah, it turns out it's a, it's a kind of like a a muscly big sports bike with amazing different levels of traction control that you can, because it makes so much torque and power, you can kind of play with it to find out, ah, that's where the traction control is now kicking in. If I hadn't have had that on, I'd have been sliding. So it was actually, probably a better test for the bike than riding it in the middle of summer when your tires have just got almost endless amounts of grip. Mm.
0: Mm. So sticking with the Suzukis, we've got some new Suzukis out now. We've got the the 800cc, what is it, GSX-8S, then there's the eight mm. R coming out, and there's the V Strom with that engine as well. Yeah, um, it, it's a bit of a departure from a higher booster, um, and and that that by the way is also in the magazine from um, mid to late last year. Check it out at QBRider.co.nz. But you got a trip over a September to September issue. September, there you go. Um, September twenty three. But you got to go to Australia to check out that new GSX-8S and that brand spanking new engine from Suzuki, which is a little bit more than just bold new graphics, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, The GSX-8S and the power plant uh, that powers all three of um, the bikes you've mentioned with no changes as far as I'm aware, not even to ignition timing or certainly not between the S and the V-Strom, um, I haven't seen the data on the uh, 8R yet um, which is meant to be a bit more sporty but w- we'll find that out um, yeah completely new a whole new platform um, it's a whole new engine that meets all the Euro 5 emissions and is intended to meet the next several rounds of emissions So. Um, uh, We'll be seeing that in quite a few bikes going forwards.
0: So, do you think we should and be um, changing the name of the V Strom to the P Strom? <laughs> yeah, we talked about this a few times, haven't we? Um, like g- genuinely, the... do you think the do you think that name still fits? Yes, I think it does um,
1: because the the whole thing with the V Strom originally it came out of Suzuki Germany, I think. Um. And it was a V for uh, V configuration, and Strom meant storm. But um, it was like a versatile storm. So I I think Suzuki will be keeping that around for quite a long time. Um, Just like BMW's R80GS became what is now the R1300GS. And I know it's the same engine configuration, but there's nothing... The same in any of those bikes, other than uh, an R and a GS, and the and the engine, basic engine
0: layout, and the fact that they're sideways. The world is flat, they say. <laughs> Have you been talking
1: to Pete McPhee, our publisher? Because <laughs> I think he believes the world is
0: flat. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I'm a Subaru boy and the world is flat in Subarus as well. Anyway, um, of course, yes. so we got the GSX-8S, which is kind of a naked sports. Then we've got the GSX-8R, which is kind of a fully feared version of that bike. Um, and to those who aren't clued up on these bikes, the, the reason why I said uh, P-Strom over V-Strom is because they are a, and you're going to crucify me for saying this because you're technical and you know all this stuff, but it's a parallel twin. Yeah, it's not a. I got you. I wrote the story on the on the um, on testing out the street triple, and I put uh, it's a it, what did I say a parallel triple engine or something. And you went on with the technicals of it being a transverse something or other. Who's he? What's it? And I went, oh, oh I've been schooled here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 an inline transversely mounted triple yes
0: <laughs> Yeah. so can I get away with calling it a parallel twin in the, in the case of the Suzuki's or is there something oh, technical uh,
1: no it, it, it is a parallel twin yeah the, uh,
0: so it's Suzuki's uh, version of what's in the A 700 and the world seems to be going parallel twin for everything and what is it 270 degree crank on everything or something like that yeah I think
1: so yeah uh, it gives it a Uh, an offbeat like a boom rather than a um, Either a 180 uh, degree Crank gives a boom boom or a 360 degree crank gives a just a boom with two pistons uh, going together Um, the the 270 gives a, a an engine beat reminiscent of a V twin so it's but far cheaper to make, uh, and far more compact. So, in terms of making a motorcycle around the engine, it's much easier.
0: So, you went away to Australia. You rode that um, GSX8S. What was your What was your takeaway? What was the TLDR on that? Um, because the story is still visible at, on the magazine. But you came away kind of kind of fizzing about it.
1: Yeah, um, I think as a. Oh, I, It's a hard bike to pigeonhole, and I'm not sure I want to because it's something that someone who's stepped up from their lambs license is going to love. Plenty of torque, beautiful handling, easy manners. But it's also the kind of bike that someone who's been on bigger bikes and maybe doesn't want something so big anymore. um, Maybe they've changed what they're doing in their riding maybe physically they just don't want something so so large um it's a kind of a bike that will do a lot for many people i mean it's an 800 i mean it's just under 800 but it's it's the size of a bike that back in the 80s was the sports the the full-on superbike class it's so. where
0: it's where I've been looking because um, I've been riding, obviously, uh, MTO7s, Tenere 700s, most of my license, and now well, I've been on my full for a number of years now. But I, I personally want something that's that's higher than a Lambs level bike that is a little bit sportier. I I think I mean I've been going down the track of. Um, the street triple, the speed triple, and we've gone yet. Yeah, street triple is a better bike there for me, but for me, it sits the uh, GSX80s sits in the same kind of bubble. Having not ridden one, uh, and everyone says, and you've you've told me personally that the Suzuki's not in the same uh, refinement class. But to me, the 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 engine capacity and sportiness puts it in that in that space. Um, so you're talking. Um, anything of the the triple 900s from yamaha which don't spin my wheels the street triple from triumph the gsx8s um it's it's going to be an interesting bike to to watch because the other the other thing that's just popped into my head and i might be going off on a tangent is obviously the sv650 has this massive aftermarket and this massive cult following and has been around for so long and has been so popular and is so versatile do you think the GSX-8S uh, has the potential to to replace the SV-650 in that space?
1: Well, I guess it depends if Suzuki completely, when it can't get the engine past the emissions. Um, I think, uh, is there anyone making a V-twin in that kind of 650 to 800 size now? I don't think there is, is there? Yeah. Um, I think it's only Suzuki with the um, FV or um, the uh, VStrom, the actual VStrom, not the P-Strom, making a V-twin in a a smaller size just because of cost, emissions and packaging, as we talked about earlier. So I think it does. It makes the right noise. It sounds great. It handles really well. Um, from that ride on the road and on the track, the, the, I couldn't fault the front end, and it's not adjustable, but it did everything it needed and never complained, never caused a fuss. All I came away thinking was this bike with a a either a revalved or a, an aftermarket rear shock and an end can... This would be storming. It will be a real, it's like a real street sleeper. Um, stick a pipe on it, stick a, a shock in the back, and away you go. You're going to have a lot of fun.
0: That's interesting because I hear that from a lot of people in the industry who have ridden them. I'm looking forward to riding one. I might have to go down and see uh, my friends at the local Suzuki shop when my knees heal up. But thank you. Yeah. Mr. Wilkins, editor of Kiwi Rider magazine, for um, taking the time to have a chat. We've, uh, we've, we've prattled on for about 40 minutes now, which is quite impressive. It's probably one of the longer episodes I've done in a while. Um, but I look forward to the next chance you and I get to go for a hoon, whether that be on road bikes, dirt bikes, adventure bikes, someone else's bike, I don't know. Uh, but 2024 is going to be the year that we get a lot more adventures going on.
1: So let me turn the tables on you, Ray. Mm. Um, what, uh, what what have you got uh, in the pipeline? What are you fancying doing this coming year? Knees notwithstanding.
0: Ah, okay. Well, sitting beside me at the moment, I have a Rabaconda tyre changer, which I've managed to obtain for some testing, uh, which I hope will make changing tyres simple which will mean that I don't have to book in and go down to the local uh, dealer to get my tyres changed. So I can slap on the the uh, Maxis Enduros on the Tenere 700 and go up to Burnbuster anytime I like. That's um, got me a bit fizzing. I think I'm going to be doing at least one, if not two or three Burnbusters this year. I've got some money burning a hole in my pocket, um, which you well know from our group chats. Um, so that's either going to be a... Um, street triple or i've been offered my old my old i'm gonna call it mine the beta for uh, r430 that i had a couple of years ago on on long-term loan i've been offered that um at a reasonable price so do i get a dirt bike a road legal dirt bike and then follow you and doug down south next summer and go and do burn buster there's a there's a lot of balls in the air but um,
1: there's a lot of fun options by the sounds of
0: it. There's a, there's a lot of fun options. Twenty twenty four is going to be the year of fun. As soon as I sort out my knees, we're going to be we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Absolutely, oh, that,
1: that's fantastic. I think um, we should definitely get together. And uh, even if you're on your um, hulking leviathan of a t- of a tennery, um you should <laughs> come down and do some riding anyway. Hulking
0: leviathan. Yeah, right. <laughs> um awesome hey so good to chat ben thank you so much for your time really appreciate you um taking time out of your sunday evening and uh, away from your partner to have this uh, this chat on the podcast um as we've alluded to many times people can check out the fantastic work you do at KiwiWriter.co.nz. um two magazines absolutely free twice a month Twice a month once a month would you say two magazines once a month or would you say one magazine twice a month Uh, there's two editions every month
1: we make two volumes volume one and volume two every month volume one is um heavily road biased or road and adventure biased with with some um, dirt mx enduro cross-country news in the back and then the second volume, the second issue of the mag, um, on the third Tuesday of the month, is uh, more dirt centric. So the road stuff takes a little bit of a back seat and moves into the back of the mag. And we have um, we, we go big on what Kiwis are doing, what's happening in the racing um new bikes uh, dirt bikes that kind of thing so it kind of we, we kind of like swap the formula around um every couple
0: of weeks and when you open up that magazine at kiwirider.co.nz all you need to do is hit the uh, fill in the button fill in the the form for subscription and that will appear in your inbox the moment ben hits the publish button on a tuesday evening so um make sure you do that and um, like on the facebook and the instagram and the social medias
1: would love to do that and uh, if anyone's got any rides they've done or wants to tell us anything please um, hit us up on Facebook uh, at KiwiRider uh, on Facebook or email us um, uh, direct to the magazine or to the podcast and ask us questions um, what do you want to see um, what are you up to where are your rides what, what's happening in New Zealand motorcycling
0: yes absolutely always want to share those stories let us know oh well thank you very much I'll let you go this is Kiwi Rider Podcast my name is Ray that's Ben thank you so much for listening if you want to get in touch you can email us you know the drill get in touch on social media Facebook, Instagram, TikTok as well under the handle Kiwi Rider Podcast otherwise keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time